Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table tonight. Seated at the table is Jamie. Hello. Jen. Hello. Kimmy. Hi. Tabitha. Hello. And I'm Rachel Flanagan. Our All the Love series has had me crying and cracking up, but this storyteller episode is going to melt your hearts. Tonight, we have Kimmy's daughter, Lexi, with a story, as well as Hannah, Amanda, Kendra, and Aubrey. Okay, so let's have a listen, everyone. Enjoy. Must Love Autism by Hannah Schleter. Do you have any siblings? It's a classic first date question, and rightfully so. It's simple and seemingly painless to answer, and it leads to easy conversation. I can't blame anyone for asking. Yeah, I have a younger brother, Alex. I'll reply. The follow-up question is almost always the same. How old is he? He's 23. We're almost exactly 18 months apart, but he has autism. I always add quickly. As soon as I say it, I wait for the reaction. A lot of the time, people respond by listing every person they know who knows someone with autism or Asperger's or another mental disability. Sometimes it's a simple, oh cool, and we move on. Other times I get follow-up questions, which I'm always happy to answer. I love talking about my brother. Are you too close? In a lot of ways, our relationship is different than most siblings, but we are in fact very close. I know exactly which movies to quote to make him smile, Tarzan or VeggieTales, among others. I know what songs to play so he'll sing with me. Anything from the musical Rent is a safe bet. I know his McDonald's order by heart. Chicken nuggets, fries, and two hamburgers with just ketchup and mustard. It's a different relationship, but it's a good one. What does he do now? He lives at home with my parents, participates in individual and group state services, and is working on his art. Will he ever live independently? We don't know. Right now, he's at home, and everyone is happy with that. I do think about that question a lot, though. Will Alex ever live on his own, live independently? Would he be happy in a group home? Will he be safe? I think about all of this because after my parents are gone, those questions will fall on me to answer. I'll be the one to make that call, to decide where he will live and with whom. And when that time comes, I know I will want Alex to live with me, or at least live near me. I will make sure he is safe, happy, and thriving. I will sing with him and talk about every episode of Blue's Clues until he's tired of talking. I will become his person. I've known that all my life. It is a job I don't take lightly, but one I wholeheartedly accept. He is my brother and I am his sister. I am his advocate, his ally, his friend. Those titles don't go away when our parents pass away. So when I tell dates or even new friends about my brother, it's really not so simple after all. Because if I love someone, they must love autism. They must love Alex's autism. It is a part of him and he is a part of me. If we get married, they must know Alex and autism will become a part of their life too. Truthfully, if that happens, they should consider themselves lucky because Alex is one of the best people this world has to offer. He is funny, sweet, and honest. And if we should be so lucky to have kids, they must know that Alex will be part of our kids' lives too. They will know and love their Uncle Alex, and they will hopefully be more loving and tolerant because of it. It won't be all sunshine and rainbows. Autism isn't easy. There will be frustrations and mistakes and the occasional ear-piercing screech, hopefully from Alex and not from anyone else. Can I count on this person to love him anyway? There will be extremely hard decisions that I have to make. Can I count on them to support me? If not, that's okay. It's a lot. However, if that's the case, I need to know because if someone can't do those things, then I can't be with them. And I would rather know now than find out a year or 10 years down the line. 
I deserve to know and so does Alex. We need to be able to rely on them. So back to that first date. If you ask me about my brother, know that I'm watching how you respond. It's not to be creepy or judgmental. It's to make sure you're worthy of him, of us. Because if you date me, you don't have to love dogs. You must, however, love autism. Hannah is a young professional whose brother, Alex, is on the autism spectrum. She and her family created their blog, Alex the Artist, to celebrate Alex and share his art and story with their community. You can find their blog on Facebook as Alex the Artist. Also, make sure to check out their website, www.alextheartist.com, where you can see some of Alex's beautiful work. Lulu by Lexi McIsaac. I was sitting on the couch after school, my legs crisscrossed as I stare out in the window lost in thought. I heard a noise coming from the kitchen and I turn my head and I see my sister getting something from the freezer. I watch her from the corner of my eye as she pulls out a popsicle from the fridge. She comes over and sits on the couch across from me. She looks at me and smiles and crosses her legs too. I can't help but smile because the simplest things make her so happy. I asked if her pop is good and she nods and laughs. I don't expect an answer because she doesn't talk. I'm the youngest of four, the baby of the family. The torch has been passed to me as my brother says and now the responsibility of watching my sister falls on me. My sister is older than me by eight years. She has severe nonverbal autism. She can't be home alone. Someone always has to be watching her. Sometimes it feels like a lot of responsibility. After all, I'm only a teenager. She is mostly easy to take care of, but you never know when something can trigger her or upset her. Her smiles can turn into screams in an instant. The other day, I was setting up a virtual speech appointment as my mom was running late, and she got very upset. She was throwing herself on the floor, screaming and throwing things. I try not to lose my patience, as it is best to stay calm when she gets like this. It is not easy. Though my mom came home, and I went to my room and shut the door to drown out the sounds. Having a sister with a disability has significantly impacted my life. At times, it seems so unfair that I didn't get to have a normal childhood. There are so many times... We had to leave events early, or even simple things like the park when I was having fun because she was having a hard time. Now that I'm older, I have a different point of view. At the time, it seemed unfair. It seemed other people's lives were simpler. When I get frustrated, my mom is quick to point out that it's harder for her than anyone. She is the one who is unable to communicate. We are lucky that things like talking come so easy to us, and I feel bad because I know she can't help it. Although my sister is the one with autism, it affects the whole family. We all have to make sacrifices. Sometimes I look at her and wonder what life would be like if she didn't have these struggles. Would she have taught me how to drive? Yell at me for stealing her clothes? Would she have given me advice? What would she be like? I know I can't think like that. Instead, I am the little big sister. She has learned and improved so much over the years. I spend a lot more time with her now that I am the one watching her. She loves to bake and do laundry with me, so I always let her help. She tries so hard at everything she does. She has started saying words, and she is so proud of herself when she does. Things that are so easy for others take so much work for her. I'm so proud of all her successes, and I always cheer her on. I had a hard time to the family, but the good times mean so much more. Watching her learn something new or being surprised about something she knows It's the best feeling. Hearing her say new words is so exciting. My sister loves with her whole heart. She's so happy 
and she always makes me laugh. She has taught me patience, and I can see how strong she is. She inspires me to be a better person, a better sister. I wish her life could be easier, that she could communicate better with us. I will try anything I can to help make her path easier. I realize now it's about her and not me. Lexi is 17 and a senior in high school. She is involved in dance and swim and loves binging shows and listening to music during her free time. She is the youngest of four and her older sister has autism and is nonverbal. Lexi is a caretaker and aspiring to be a nurse. Her mom has a Facebook page called Autism Adventures with Alyssa, where you can follow her sister's progress. I See You Staring by Amanda Owen. Living 37 years of my life having a brother with a disability has made me embrace the things I can't change. Being the sibling of a brother with a disability has taught me many life lessons, and one of those lessons I'm sharing with you today. There is one thing that all families who have a child or a sibling with a disability have experienced more often than not. People who stare. When they notice a difference in the people around them, they stare. When they observe or hear a different form of communication, they stare. When they observe someone doing an action that looks different than how they perform that same action, they stare. When I was younger, I would feel uncomfortable when I would notice people staring at my brother and me. I felt as if we were on display and they were judging. I allowed insecurities to seep in because as a child, their stares confirmed for me we were different. Then when their stares didn't follow up with a hello, I felt our differences made people scared to talk to us, confirming again my childhood thoughts that our differences were different. So they stared. I'm sharing this with you today so that I can help you to flip the script how I had learned how to flip the script. How changing how I viewed people staring changed me. Changing my thought process became a gift that built my career around supporting those with disabilities. So allow me to share. By flipping the script in my head, it changed everything. Here is my new script. When people stare, they are not judging. They are staring in awe of God's work. When people stare, they are not judging. They stare to learn how they should interact. When people stare, they are not judging. They stare to gain understanding and respect. When people stare, they are not judging. They stare to learn empathy and appreciation for the blessings in their life. When people stare, they are not judging. They stare because for the first time they have observed pure love between two people. What I have learned is when people stare, it isn't always negative. Although through the years, it was hard not to think that way. Instead, people staring at my brother and me became my platform, a platform of modeling exactly how someone with a disability should be treated. In that moment, I became the teacher, and the person staring at me became my student. I started looking forward to the stairs because it provided me with the opportunity to teach and share my passion and love for those with disabilities. Those of us that claim ourselves as advocates need to do more embracing of the stairs because those stairs are as of a curious person. When a person is curious, their viewpoints and perception are open to be changed, and I want to be the person that changes it for them. When I was younger, my self-talk made me think people staring was about my brother and me. Now that I'm older, I believe that when people stare, it's really about them. As an advocate and an educator, I don't want 
people to look the other way because I will lose the audience for a teaching moment. When you stare at my brother and me, here is what you will see. Unconditional love. Understanding of a world that is different. Patience that grew through the hard times. A warrior willing to protect until his death. And a lifelong teacher. And most importantly, you will see a brother who thinks his sister is the best person in the world and a sister who knows her brother is her entire world. I welcome you to stare because I will teach you some of life's most precious blessings, love and acceptance. Amanda is a newly accomplished children's book author, blogger, podcaster, nonprofit director, and a lifelong advocate for those with disabilities. Inspired each day by her older brother, Nick, Amanda has dedicated her life's work to ensuring others with disabilities are included in their communities and live more fulfilled lives. Along with her husband, Justin, she has two sons. Make sure you check out Amanda's blog and podcast, both called Pieces of Me. Her children's book is called Owen the Wanderer and the New Kid in Class. Her website is piecesofme.org. Make sure to find her on Facebook and Instagram as Pieces of Me by Amanda. Expectations Exceeded by Aubrey Zimzik. The day my parents brought my little sister home from the hospital, I was 10 years old, and I remember sitting next to her as she slept, staring at her fresh face, admiring her, making plans for her and for both of us. I told my family that I couldn't wait to teach her how to play with dolls, how to use the slip and slide, how to put on makeup, and even though I barely knew her myself yet, I still had all those typical sibling things playing through my head. I was anxiously awaiting my time to fill my role as Olivia's big sister, and it started right then in that moment for me. What I wasn't prepared for was just how she would fill her role as my little sister. Two years after Olivia was born, she was diagnosed with autism. Even before then, I'd begun learning quite a few new languages. The first language I learned was how to interpret Olivia and then how to advocate and translate for her. What on the outside for her was sometimes self-harm or screaming. On the inside for her was extreme overwhelmedness and overstimulation. What people in public sometimes interpreted as a bratty temper tantrum was her cry for help, her attempt to be heard and understood. And with that came a fierce sense of protection and loyalty and the beginning of caretakership. And it was very similar to other sibling relationships as I'd already had a brother and I'd already had cousins that I had sibling relationships with. And you always have that that fierce loyalty to your siblings. But that's when I began to experience the beginning of that real sense of caretakership to both of my siblings, but to Olivia in the circumstance that she had obstacles in her way of being heard and being understood and being misinterpreted by outsiders. Then I had to adapt my own language in order to communicate with her, in order to begin understanding her myself so that I could advocate those things to others. Something you could always count on with Olivia from the start is body language. We have something in my family that we call the Olivia side eye, and we know that that could either mean that she is judging you hardcore, or she thinks what you said is hilarious. And as we saw her personality shine through in her body language and in her facial expressions and in her outcries and in all of it all together, that's what always made Olivia special to me. And that's what keeps the fire burning for me to be a continued caretaker and a continued advocate for her and to keep receiving those pieces of herself that she'll give to us whenever she's ready to and to help her find them and to help her develop them and to help her share them with 
us and the rest of the world. Another language that I learned was how to apply what I already knew as a sister, and that was playing hard um, with my brother already, and what that meant for Olivia, and on her terms. For example, we knew that if we started a game of patty cake or this little piggy, that meant that we were signing up for the next hour day, week or two of playing patty cake or this little piggy. We knew that Santa was going to bring her clothes and shoes, but he was also going to bring her sensory toys and weighted blankets and noise-canceling headphones. Another language that I learned and a commitment that I made in tandem as young as that night when my mom brought Olivia home from the hospital at 10 years old was that I was going to take on the role of caretaker for my little sister until the end of time. And that setting in when she first came home was in one way, and it hit an entirely different way when she was diagnosed with autism. Because of all the things that I've previously mentioned, and knowing that she'll likely need all of our help and my help, and all of us to be strong, and me to be strong, to guide her through and into the right environment for her to stay strong, and to be happy and be confident and chase the things that make her happy and fulfill her. And while our relationship has so many wonderful similarities to other sibling relationships, there is no guaranteed independence in her future. Meaning, the reality is there is no guaranteed of just how independent she will be. And the night that she came home to us for the first time, the day she was diagnosed with autism, and every single day since, I happily and proudly make the choice to take care of her until the day that I die. And being a sibling to a child with disability, any child with disability, any person with a disability, means making that choice every day until the day that you die. For me and for Olivia. Being a sister to Olivia is one of the only things I've ever felt this confident about in my entire life. And because of those gifts that she gives me, she entirely exceeded my expectations of being a big sister and how she would be a little sister to me. Aubrey is 23 years old from Mesa, Arizona. She works in call center management and makes music as a hobby. She has a dog and two cats and is also part of the LGBTQ community. Her sister Olivia is 13 and was diagnosed with autism around two and a half years old. Their favorite things to do together are dance to music, play tickle and hand clap games, patty cake is a must, and taking selfies. Brody by Kendra Collado. Hi, my name's Kendra and I'm going to talk a little bit about what it was like for Brody. Um, honestly, growing up Brody when my mom asked me it just felt like it just felt normal to me because since me and Brody are such close in age being a year and a half age difference I never really thought anything of it of what we have to change our day-to-day life to help Brody me being older we've always been to the same school like um we've had a couple classes together as well since at our one school it was a split class so we, we used, like, every second year, we'd be in the same class, but yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, having my sibling in my class. We did our own hobbies together, but yeah, it's just when my mom asked me, and never really thought anything of it. It just felt all normal to me, and yeah. Kendra is 18 and lives in Okanagan, Canada. 
She is a second year culinary student, currently working at a five-star golf course, gaining all the experience she can. She plans on having her culinary red seal when she is 20 and then seeing where her dreams take her. Well, so everyone, uh, we know you are certainly feeling the love and these sibling stories, again, they just melt my heart. Um, I want to thank you so much for listening. Catch us next time for our no reservations episode. Bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thank you. you for joining us at the table for the fourth episode of our ninth series, All the Love. If you are enjoying the podcast and where you're listening allows, we would appreciate if you could rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday. Join us next Monday for our No Reservations episode. See you there. Bye.